It's the Featured Players Podcast. Featuring your hosts, Bram Binderoff and Brendan Noel. Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Riggle. Hey everybody and welcome to SMILFcast, the internet's only podcast about the new Showtime comedy drama SMILF premiering tonight. I'm your host, Brendan Noel, and joining me as always is number one SMILF aficionado, Bram Benderoff. Bram, happy birthday! Hi, Brendan. Thank you so much. It is my birthday. I turned 25 today. It's, it's, he turns 25 today. SMILF premieres tonight. And actually, he's already seen it, so like everything's coming up Bram, really. I have seen SMILF. <laughs> I I have heard like wildly different things about Smilf. I feel like people either uh, really really like it or they think it's just another Showtime show. I like that my assessment um, of a Showtime show quite often ends up being, "Did you like it? Well, it was a Showtime show. It was very very Showtime." Uh, <laughs> and and I feel like we kind of have gotten used to uh, the. Um, the standards of Showtime and like what all the shows are always like, um, just an absurd amount of, uh, you know, usually the sexual content, but um, well, honestly, it, they try to be really racy. Uh, so yeah. Smilf uh, does that, but I guess kind of feels a little less gross about it. Like it, it seems like something promising could come from that show, and, and it's I mean, interesting I've... because. I was gonna say I liked Frankie Shaw and Mr. Robot. I think it's cool that she's getting yeah. like a creative opportunity like this. She's and I watched good. Rosie O'Donnell was on Seth Meyers yeah. uh, last week, and she was saying that like she was just like, oh man, like this girl like is going places. So right, and then Brendan, yeah, like she created the show, wrote it, directed it. Um, I like when somebody comes out of nowhere and you know reveals himself to be a creative type. But yeah. she's very talented. She's very good in the pilot. Rosie O'Donnell plays her mother, and that is like one scene in the pilot. Uh, and I've been watching the uh, promos, and they seem to be really pushing hard on the Smilf angle, and not a lot about my mom is Rosie O'Donnell, and also Connie <laughs> Britton is recurring on the show. Like, yes, that's right. They're not pushing either angle. You yeah, know? that's weird. Um, you have two people who. Like, you know, everybody knows Rosie O'Donnell and like anybody who pays attention to like quality TV knows Connie Britton. So What's I don't know. I've uh, I, I think the best review I saw, somebody said it's better than white famous, which if that's not damning with faint praise. Oh, my God. Well, I couldn't get through um, nine minutes of white famous. Uh, <sighs> it was just too much of a Showtime show. I think I think. um Showtime, uh, it's kind of like a, a spectrum. So let's say like one to ten. I would say like Californication is a ten on the on the Showtime scale. Yeah, and then uh, and then White Famous will also be about a ten, um, but just like not a white version. Well, I mean, it's it's the same creator of Californication, so it's yeah. it's just as Showtimey as Californication is. Just with Jay Farrow, um, I love you know, the Showtime I, scale. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Yeah, start I mean, you can't now. watch that show. It's very bad. Yeah, I don't know what their views are. Uh, yeah, I don't think anybody had really, uh, especially. I yeah, I, I love that show, Showtime reviews 
do end up coming back to that point a lot of like it's very showtimey like it feels like a showtime show it reminds me of there was that one uh movie trailer sketch they did on snl and it was like peter travers of rolling stone gives it one review (laughs) yeah it's uh it's it's bleak out there for showtime people is what we're trying to say but speaking of uh go ahead Mm -hmm. they do end up renewing their shows uh fairly often um, so I do imagine both of those shows are going to get renewed. Um, Probably. Unlike HBO, still, Showtime still. will cancel stuff after one season. Yeah. But uh, they still do it a lot. Yeah. Well, go ahead and uh, say your thing. Oh, I was just going to say, speaking of White Famous and former SNL oh, feature okay. player, Jay Farrow, we, uh, yeah. this is the feature players. I'm sorry to disappoint anybody. This is you who, who's looking for Smilfcast. It's not Smilfcast. Smilfcast hey, everyone, this is... This is the Featured Players. We are a podcast where we talk about um, the past episode of SNL uh, through the perspective of how well are the featured players doing. Uh, and that's the premise. And now let's get back to Smilfcast. <laughs> so what I found about the Smilf pilot now. So <clears throat> Larry David hosted Saturday Night Live last night. This is the second time, right? Well, I thought you were going to go to me, myself, and I. Well, we should talk about that as well, actually, and touch on that, because we, you actually did kind of accurately predict uh, in our premiere episode that, that could be uh, the season's first cancellation. And in terms of a show just being yanked off, oh, no, actually, uh, ABC's 10 Days in the Valley has been pulled before it, but me, myself, I and I... I moved to Saturdays, right? It's been moved to Saturdays, but it's not going to start on Saturdays until, uh, like, December or something. But it has been pulled. Um, But uh, but yes, me, myself, and I with Bobby Moynihan, which was a very boring and lame show uh, and was doing really, really badly in the ratings, uh, was pulled last week. Uh, CBS kind of hemmed and hawed and said, like, we might air the remaining episodes at some point, but they're definitely not going to make any more. Oh, uh, Brendan, no, they're actually still in production and they are not closing shop okay they're, they're finishing off the 13 yes I, I i should have been clear that i i didn't realize that they weren't done but yes they're not going to make any more past the 13 like they won't get picked up for any more episodes yes but yes they probably and you know what actually in recent years cbs has burnt off their comedies in the summer like cbs spent like four weeks in a row just double pumping angel from hell episodes one summer Oh my goodness! I remember that show remember with that Jane Lynch? Lynch? That was like last season. Yeah, I think that was. I think that was last summer. Yeah, it was. Ooh. So, um, R.I.P. to that show for Bobby Moynihan. You know, we don't. We didn't wish it uh, ill will, but we definitely thought that. Uh, uh, I watched three of the six. It never got any better. Um, it continued to have the problem of the black of the Bobby Moynihan. Uh, middle of the show being this like black hole of irrelevance to everything else that was going on he was just this sad loser and we were waiting for anything good to happen to him but even still like anything good that was going to happen to him was had to be like divorced entirely from the running thing of like he meets the girl in the past john larroquette reunites with her in the future in the middle is nothing you're a braver man than me (laughs) i could not even start that show yeah, no. Well, now you don't have to. And that was also part of the reason why I stopped watching, because I was like, not only is it bad, but like the show won't even live to see 2018, so what's the point? No. 
Especially once I knew I knew that the plan all along was once they moved Big Bang Theory back to Thursday, that the plan was like this was the plan announced at the upfronts. They had no idea how the show was going to do. The plan was they were going to move me, myself, and I to nine to be that nine o'clock tent pole, and that was going to lead into Superior Donuts. And they very correctly realized that that wasn't going to work, and they put Superior Donuts at nine. And now actually they've bumped uh, nine JKL from eight thirty. Uh, to 9.30, and and, and uh, Matt LeBlanc's Man with a Plan, which I had forgotten had existed, was renewed for a second season, was really ever a show at all. Uh, but, but that was a show that got 22 episodes last year. It got a full season. It was, yeah. And, and But it, what's funny is that they're going to rush that back on the air with like less than two weeks' time to promote it. It's premiering next Monday. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, weird. first of all, I think... CBS is very unwise to have shown Young Sheldon as a preview, gotten incredible ratings, and then wait a month, um, you know, and then lose a lot of the audience. Uh, and also, keeping both of those shows on Thursday, uh, considering Two Broke Girls got canceled last season, CBS really has nothing on Monday that's really holding it together. Like, Monday is a, like a troubling night for them now. It, it definitely is, and like the premiere numbers for Thursday were actually pretty good. Like Mom did a one point eight, and that is just fine. Like Mom should be get should, Mom should get another season next year. Even Life in Pieces, like if Life in Pieces, which I know you hate, comes back next year, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, uh, I mean, what is it? The third season? This is season three, yeah. Yeah, so we'll come back. Yeah, that's true. It does benefit from next season. It'll it'll be able to. Oh my god, life and pieces is going to be in syndication. <laughs> Ugh, gross. Can you imagine people wanting to turn on life and pieces reruns at like six in they're the gonna, six in the evening? They're gonna they're gonna split it up. They're gonna be like, um, they they're gonna do it like we need to fill seven minutes, <laughs> so they're gonna do like life and pieces mini episode. Uh, Colin Hanks and. His wife have a baby and like get into wow, this wacky yeah. hijinks in mm-hmm. six minutes. You know they're gonna like split them up like like their short films. Here with a life and pieces piece is Josh Brolin. Oh, that show, man. No, James Brolin. Uh, Sorry. Anyway, James um, Brolin. I, I, uh, James Brolin must be like, wow, I did not think this would last more than thirteen weeks. I think you did. Yeah, I I mean, I guess he did because I guess he thought this would be his opportunity to become Ed O'Neill, but yeah, no, he was he was trying to get a Modern Family, mm-hmm. and CBS might end up this might end up like being a show that like lasts like an insane amount of time, like the middle, but like doesn't yeah. necessarily have as much eyes on it. What what bothers me about Life in Pieces, which is a show I've never watched like even a few minutes of I didn't even watch like a pilot of her or anything is there CBS legitimately advertises it as TV's funniest family and like Ugh. even Modern Family which is a show I think I hate I think I would laugh more in Modern Family than Life in Pieces there's some real comedy in Modern Family I, I do like um, uh, Jesse Tyler Ferguson and what's the other guy he's married to uh, Eric Stone Street yeah they're great uh, Ty Burrell is great um, I think it, it's got a great cast, but you know it, it's getting stale. Um, yeah, I think first season. It's ninth I, season. I, yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, for is it eight? Nine. It's sure? not. It's yes. It's nine for both Modern Family and The Middle. They premiered huh. the same same year. Damn. 
and the middle the middle is ending which is too bad but also it's like you know nine seasons is a good run if they feel they want to stop it's good for them i think patricia heaton already has a new uh new show set set up wow really because i feel like at this point like patricia heaton doesn't need to work every week we'll find out i guess we'll i guess we will um but anyway uh I'll ignore the fact that you said you like my sworn enemy, Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Uh, oh, yeah. SNL, I mean, I think he's funny. I don't have much opinions about him. I think he's funny, too. I'm very sorry that I hurt his feelings. <laughs> so um, NBC um, puts in development uh, coming-of-age comedy from The Simpsons writer and Patricia Heaton. So it's, um, it's called The Winners. Oh, it's called Winners. And, like the store, say not um, to be, and yeah, not well, not to be also not to be confused with the winner starring Rob Corddry on Fox. That's true. We talked about that in this podcast before. <laughs> uh, winners is about a group of young people struggling with growing up and becoming independent. When their parents run out of options, they send them to a residential life coaching facility to prepare them to embrace adulthood. Winners is a show about young people struggling to find affordable discount fashion. That's about it, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. All Good right, luck. let's uh, Good luck, Patricia start Heaton. getting into this. Oh, yes. um, I mean, we happen to be recording when breaking news about multiple dead in a Texas church, but let's. I, I did let's happen to, to see that on on Twitter very briefly, and oh, uh, I don't know how to I don't know how to acknowledge that on air. Two dozen. It's a bleak world out there, man. Oh, San Antonio. But anyway, we'll just make the hard pivot back to SNL. Uh, like I said, Larry David hosted for the second time. Uh, he hosted uh, not the last season, but the season before, where he was making lots of cameo appearances as Bernie Sanders. Came back onto the show to play Bernie Sanders again last night. Did you think last night's show was a good show, Bram? I don't. I wouldn't say it was a good show. Nor would I. I would say that it was a largely weak show with but its highs were quite high i would say yeah, like the no, couple the couple agree. sketches that i that i think of as highlights i think were major highlights really made me laugh yeah do you want to uh i mean i think larry david um not disappointing i think he with the material he was given i think he had a blast hosting again and I really enjoyed seeing him. For sure. Larry, Larry David is is a really good host. And I will say that like the two or rather one of the the one big sketch that was like my favorite overall sketch of the night. When we get to it like that, I don't think that works with somebody other than Larry David. But we'll we'll get to that in a minute. We'll start off with uh, another Donald Trump cold open. Uh, it's Paul Manafort's house. And here comes Alec Baldwin fresh off a terrific PR week. Playing, playing Donald Trump again. Uh, this was... Here's the one can nice thing. Go ahead. Can I just say, um, I had it confirmed to me when Alec Baldwin was on Fallon um, this week uh, that he said that he would be on, but he also was there in, um, to promote his Donald Trump book, which oh, I believe I've... comes out. Yeah, I keep forgetting that exists. The election day. Um, and yeah, uh, he was like this Rolling Stone guy, uh, wrote it with him 
and he pretty much wrote 99% of the book. And then Jimmy Fallon was like, just say you wrote all of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, I was the one nice thing I'll say about the sketch, which was largely like unfunny, like retreading old jokes. The Paul Manafort impression wasn't even really an impression. As uh, I'm going to repeat something. Nice. It was, it was Stallone. Kai, like I didn't understand that. Like it's, and it's one thing if you're not even going to try to do the voice, but it didn't even really look like they tried to put that good of a wig on him. Like it just, and I'll, this sketch also yeah. suffered from blocking issues because when they when they did that first cutaway to Melania on the plane, when they came back, you kind of oh, yes. saw like Baldwin was kind of like shuffling off camera. Oh. And then there was like, Alec ran. Yeah, he was like running off screen, and there were like three or four seconds of dead air before they just kind of had to awkwardly like walk back onto frame. Like they, I don't know, they thought that there was, I guess the the camera direction was supposed to be they were supposed to start walking into the sketch, and they didn't realize that like if they had just stayed there, like nobody would have noticed because it wouldn't have mattered. Like so that was just kind of awkward. And this is a show kind of riddled with stuff like that. Unfortunately, I, I'm in the Price is Right sketch later. Uh, Leslie Jones had cue card issues on multiple occasions. Did not notice. Uh, she just she stumbled over a couple of lines. And I just it, it, it seemed like the the angle or the distance of the cards, whatever it seemed like it was not uh, not her friend last night, just in that that one weird instance. But um but the the one nice thing I'll say about the sketch, and this is something I think I've said before about like a water park sketch, was always impressed at you know when you think about the technical work that goes into SNL and how much work it takes just to put together a basic sketch, you add in the extra component of running water. Oh yeah, I was very impressed by that. That I think is just, and also just you know one good comedy moment I did like when Mike Pence uh, just walked when like Peck Bennett just walked right under the the, the water. And started showering yes. Manafort. He said, um, I'm not married to the water. <laughs> I'm not married to the water. That was good. Um, it's funny because the end of um, Thursday's president show also had running water at the end. What a what a moment for plumbing on sketch comedy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't really know what else to say about this anymore. Other than um, um, this would yeah, have been... I'm going to guess they didn't bother aging Manafort like at all he looked like Al- looked like Alec Moffat mm-hmm. uh, in a wig um doing a Sloan voice yeah um and then you get I don't think you mentioned uh Jeff Sessions so Kate was there yes we she was Jeff making Sessions. some great faces she has a tail um, then you had do you have anyone else there oh yeah and Melania with the um I would call it like the airplane style uh like like air, air dummy yeah, I thought that um, was pretty funny. It was it, well, and I, it was just you know they've they've done a lot of good sad work with Melania, and I did like when she was saying like, "Well, for the first time ever, let me tell you about my day." Yes, it's just like ugh. Um. Uh oh, what was the other thing I was gonna say about? The, right. Oh, there's not there's not there's not much to say about it. Anymore. There really isn't the only. I guess the only like, what, was it a necessary week to have Trump on the show? When it was such a bad PR week for Alec Baldwin, like it was just a disaster. The interview he gave and the tweets he was firing off. And I don't know if you noticed during the good nights, but nobody coming over to Alec Baldwin during the good nights last night. Well, maybe I'm not caught up in what he did because I, I know he he put out that thing that was like, um, I have not treated women well. Like he got ahead of whatever may, might have been said. Um, 
but what were the tweets? Um, let me go to um, his Twitter because he. Well, there was the um, somebody wrote a uh, a profile about him. Um, it was like BuzzFeed or he, something. He's his wife got pregnant again. They they announced that this week too. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, I think he deleted it, so I'm gonna have to find a screenshot of it. Um, talk about the uh, Larry David monologue, and I will find it. Okay. Um, so very easy to forget that Larry David was the host. I didn't remember until they announced his name. Uh, he comes out wearing the most Larry David outfit, just like a black T-shirt, I think, and just like it's kind of his default. It looks very slubby like, clothes. Curb uniform. It is. He wears. He wears it on curb, um, and then Beth says to me, like, you think that looks lovely, but, like, every one of those pieces of clothes is probably, like, $1,000 each. And you're probably right. I think he probably spends some money on his clothes, but just looks kind of, like, lounging. He, he's a guy who likes to be comfortable. And I always talk about how if I am, if I ever become a rich person, I think I would want to dress for comfort and not for style. Oh. But that's just me. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Zuckerberg types. Um, <laughs> but he, he did a, he kind of did comedy and you don't see him do stand-up comedy. Um, it's guaranteed that he wrote it and it kind of went like, like he loves women and, and would he hit on women if he was in the Holocaust? And he, he says, yes. What he did would. you think about that? Because Maybe. some people seemed unhappy with, uh. With, with with that joke, maybe a, maybe a weird week to mention like hitting on women, but the I mean that's just the kind of like shock monologue that I like I will eat up. Like I I think it was very funny. What I when I agree, uh, and what I thought was funny about it, and what I think people aren't necessarily understanding about it is that like half of why it's funny maybe even more than half is that it is completely not appropriate yes and larry and he D- knows mm. that and louis ck so, gets away with that every time he hosts um yes but i don't know why somehow this was off limits i think i i, I don't know i think this really like i was laughing out loud i think i read a headline that said the audience was horrified by it but i really don't think they were yeah no, I. Um, the what I what I found from from the Alec Baldwin stuff online is I I don't think I found the exact tweet, but the but the news story in the week was he was defending uh, Harvey Weinstein and James Toback to a degree, um, and I guess particularly bringing up Rose McGowan's uh, uh, accusation, and um, so he just he I think he he was a little too. Uh, well, here's the direct quote. You heard the rumor that Weinstein raped Rose McGowan. You heard that over and over and nothing was done. We've heard that for decades and nothing was done, said Baldwin. When the interviewer said, well, nobody said anything, Baldwin replied, well, but what happened was Rose McGowan took a payment of $100,000 and settled her case with him. It was for Rose McGowan to prosecute that case. Hmm. So just, yeah, um, saying a lot of not good things. And then somebody i think uh like he went after a, a, a female journalist who was writing a story about him and it just it was a really bad uh look for him Jeez. but yes um 
and and the, going back to the Larry David monologue, I thought the same thing that when he came out, I, I when he started to kind of get into what it, what felt like a stand up routine, I was kind of thinking like, is this going to be a stand up monologue? I do think that um, it went on too long. Yeah, even though I long. even though I know I know that like stand up monologues usually are longer than a normal one, but I just you know I didn't uh, I didn't need need every bit in in there. No, uh, I think it went on long, but I definitely appreciated it as a stand-up monologue, as I always do. So, I mean, I, it was good. Uh, I, I, I'm, I will note it as a positive. I yes, mean, we are pro Larry David. Yes, the Anti-Defamation League um, calls it offensive, insensitive, and unfunny all at the same time. Um. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah. Well, that's that's too bad. And then he pivoted to Hollywood sexual allegations. He mentioned how it was the Jews. I mean, this is Larry David. Yes. I I don't know what what they expect. Yeah, I don't know. I just I kind of think that like that's I don't know if people are familiar, but Larry David's bit is that he makes people angry with him. Yeah, and uncomfortable. Yes. It's, uh, celebrity Price is Right. I'm not a problem with it. What's next? <laughs> <laughs> so celebrity Price is Right coming up next. Uh, Beck Bennett with a strange impression of Drew Carey that kind of hits on some things that are true about Drew Carey and otherwise is is just, I'm kind of like, what is he doing? When the sketch starts, you see Drew, you see the Price is Right, you see Drew Carey, you see the briefest glimpse of the person playing Drew Carey but you have no idea who it is. So, mm-hmm. because you haven't seen Drew Carey been depicted on this show before. Um, no. So, yeah, we see it's Beck Bennett. I think it's a pretty cool impression of about. He looks pretty much like Drew Carey. Um, what, what he gets right he, about Drew Carey that I found was the, um, like, Drew Carey definitely is like a fast-clipped talker in a way that doesn't do him any favors because it makes him seem like he's taking this like beloved institution of a game show that Bob Barker like cherished as his own child and kind of like doesn't really give a shit about. And like <laughs> Drew Carey's kind of always just like, eh, like you want a car? That's great. Oh my god, like you want a car? Oh my god, let's get the next contestant up here. Like he just he seems like he doesn't really care <laughs> about the game and thinks that it's a little bit stupid. But like the checks get cashed either way. He's been doing it for so many years now. Ten years, he said, in the sketch. He's like, it's been... Because somebody tried to call him Bob Barker. Tony Bennett called him Bob Barker. And he's like, it's Drew. It's been Drew for ten years. Ten years? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I was know. He, um Was he skinny um, at the beginning of that? He was not. I'm pretty sure he was uh, pretty much regular, like the Drew, bigger Drew Carey that we knew all along. And then it was a few years after that he became, became skinny Drew Carey. Interesting. Yeah. Well, um, um, I mean, it's like an impression showcase sketch. Definitely. So who was there? Uh, Chris Red playing Lil Wayne. Uh, okay, Kate McKinnon and, and busting out. Sorry, Chris Red was also in the no, monologue. Go ahead. Was not, he? not the monologue. He was in the cold open. Yes, yes, that's right. Um, playing uh, what? It was just like the guy opening the door. Or who was he playing? Like but that, he was yeah. right. He was right there. Like, yeah, he was, you know, doing was the there. kind of thankless feature player part. Um, 
Kate McKinnon busting out her Tilda Swinton impression, which I know for sure she did on Celebrity Family Feud back in the, at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a new one. Alex Moffat, very, very skinny, pale, white Alex Moffat playing Chris Hemsworth. Oh, yes. You could see that. <laughs> it it was uh i think the some of the, the impression was funny enough to for me to make up for the fact that like you and no universe look like uh chris hemsworth uh size wise but you know like when he and liam hemsworth were talking about you know which we use a complex battering system <laughs> like that stuff uh is funny talking about the um what 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 animal's teeth was it i can't remember I don't know, but it's just, yeah, when you look at the screen and it's like $90,000, uh, David Bowie's soul, and well, 50, so some kind of animal's teeth. Uh, and then, who was the... Oh, um, Melissa Villasenor playing Ariana Grande. That was pretty good. It was it was okay. I do, you know, it's some of these uh, impression showcases work best when you're pairing unexpected um, celebrities. So I thought Ariana Grande and Baldwin bringing back his Tony Bennett is fine i had forgotten that kind of one of the running jokes of those tony bennett show sketches what said he was he would basically plug like stomach medication <laughs> so he was printing out like the dulcolax and that stuff last night and eh, it didn't really do anything for me no i mean it's a good impression i don't think it was the best avenue for it i think um those tony bennett shows sketches are a lot funnier but yes uh, and i you know, I like things that are great. Great things are fantastic. I don't think it was great that last night in the show, like, we're like, oh, you know, um, we're going to put Alec Baldwin in more things this week, even though, like, that's probably what he wanted. Okay. Because so he wanted to be ha- more, more of a presence. This actually came up. Um, I mean, yes, uh, if he's going to be there, if he's going to take out his time, and if he's going to stay the whole show, um, you might as well have him doing other things. And I'm sure he appreciates that. But uh, we were watching this last night, me and Beth, and she brought up uh, that it was kind of... It's kind of, like, very annoying that Alec Baldwin is able to just, like, fill one of these slots in the sketch. And, like, he's not a cast member. But, sure, it's true that he's there. Um, it's true by the law of SNL that if you have someone there, if you, if you establish... They're there as a cameo in either the first or second sketch. Um, you kind of have like free reign to use them in other sketches. So musical guests like Miley was in se- was in several things. She could have been like a co-host. She could have been like a host of this show. She was in so many sketches, including yeah. this one, I think. Yeah, she, mm-hmm. she yep. was. Uh... Yeah, because then they brought in they brought in the Liam Hemsworth exactly. cameo for at first. It was like the dumb winking joke of like, "Do you have a brother?" Uh, I get it, because you're dating his brother. And then he actually shows up, and you're kind of just like, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> why? Uh, Jurassic Griffin yeah, said so. that he's appeared three times on the show, but hasn't hosted. Is that true? Well, he was in Chris Hemsworth's monologue the first time he hosted, and then he's definitely never hosted. No. So, I yeah, wow, that's a lot of appearances for... I don't think he needs And yeah, I'm sure there was one other time. I mean, it makes sense that he's there. Um... <laughs> I just think, like, like, what do you think about the whole thing about Alec Baldwin? Like, I get that. Well, if if he's there. Strange territory. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I've always said, like, you know, you get people, you get them for the whole night. But it, it's we've never had a situation like this before where you have somebody who's, like, always on the show this much who's not a cast member, who pops up, like, this many cameo appearances. Um, and effectively, they are, but they're not credited. And I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird, but I don't really know what... Uh, I mean, I do, like, a lot of weeks... He doesn't pop up in other things, so this was kind most. of a an anomaly. Most weeks he doesn't. Yeah, most weeks like that's kind of all he does, and some weeks like he doesn't even stick around for good nights. I don't think. Um, often I'd say he often. I think, does. I think some weeks. I think some weeks. I think some weeks he does, but some weeks he's not there. He's not. He's not like a big deal. Like he's he he's fine if like staying backstage and hanging off Lauren. I bet like he's. He's Probably, very yeah. welcome around there. They're buddies. And I'm yeah. sure he loves going to the parties. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he's going to lots of them. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I think it's a controversial topic. Uh, um, I don't necessarily well, it's, think... It's something that we've talked about. I don't necessarily think uh, he should be allowed to do that. It's and it's something that we've talked about before, where like with Emmys and the way he was categorized to the Emmys and all that. So it's it's I agree that like I would prefer his cameos to be relegated to just those cameos and maybe not even that. Like maybe we maybe we move on from Baldwin as Trump. Mm-hmm. I mean, how about Heidi? Was she in the sketch? Uh, I don't think okay, she was. So like, this is the perfect place for her to be. Um, I mean, she could have. Yeah, she could. I'm sure she had an impression. She could have busted out, and that could have been in place of Tony Bennett. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that would have been, but just for the sake of like hypotheticals, she has impressions. Yes, definitely. Uh, next sketch up is White House press. What's well, a tape bit? White House press conference. It's uh, Aidy Bryant playing Sarah Sanders again, and she's you know trying to. Uh, downplay and, and spin uh, reporters questions about uh, the Manafort stuff and in between we get this sort of I guess it's supposed to be like a fantasy sequence thing where uh, she's in her own music video singing to Demi Lovato's Confident mm-hmm. and I kept waiting for um, like I kept waiting for it to get to the chorus because I was like I don't think it's going to be confident I think it's going to be a different word but I was like you know what I guess I guess that, that it, it works it's fine but like they didn't, I, I I guess I was waiting for them to change anything in the song, and they didn't. Yeah, it's not quite a parody if you're just doing the song. Yeah, not no, not really. And you know, there was still like lots of good stuff where I, you know, I liked her coming out of the beginning and saying like, in a minute, I'm gonna get into a six minute story uh, or a six minute riddle about our tax laws because I watched that live on Monday where she was literally reading that conservative email no. forward That's about journalists splitting beers. And yes, how they deal with the tip. And I'm like, oh my god. Oh, that was an awful... And this, you know... Like... It was so bad. Explain what taxes are to these journalists. Yes, as if, as if we're the ones who need to be explained this. And 
you know, this is a good, I like their approach to this character. It's really in some ways no different than Kellyanne Conway. Like when Ke- when they do the Kellyanne Conway thing and she's like, of course the president doesn't think that gay people eating pasta is gross. It's not much different from like last night when Sarah Handers says, you know, history is a bottle of moments filled with time and horses and the invention of the telephone. Well, Kellyanne Conway had the, um, the Roxy Hart song from Chicago. So it's like kind of the same thing yeah so they they make these people uh characters and in a strange way like almost humanize them more than the real people manage to humanize themselves what do you think about like um 80 as sarah sanders i think it's a great impression but it's so i think it's a good impression and i think that part of like she does this kind of like southern accent which AD Bryant is from the Southwest. Yeah. I'm not sure if like the Phoenix accent is exactly the same as uh, where are the Huckabees from? Louisiana? Somewhere like that. Or Ar- Arkansas. Yeah. Arkansas. Um, so, but but even like I noticed in her normal speaking voice, like AD Bryant kind of has some Southern twang to her. So it is a really good impression in like obviously has the the accent down path and kind of the the uh a little bit of a gravelly deep voice she's she's kind of unrecognizable like when she first came on it she she looks very different from because like usually she has sort of like curly brown yeah. hair and this was like very straight but they have long black hair but they also have a lot of like eye makeup on her too yeah, and they uh, they did a pretty good job of putting her in the like matching the 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 dress she was wearing on on I guess it was uh, Monday, that sort of pink thing that everybody was making fun of. Yeah, I mean, um, it was a it was a good bit, but one of those things where I wasn't laughing so much, but I was like, oh, I respect the production values, you know. Yeah, I mean, music videos I guess have some comedy to them. Uh, I would have liked there to be more creativity, um, some originality to it, but uh, I mean, like when you like, oh, here's Sarah Sanders singing a popular Demi Lovato song. Like, how is this better than any um, YouTuber? You know, how is this? It's a good point, and especially like I think a lot of people last night were waiting for the return of Kevin Roberts. Can a bitch get a Apparently, donut? And it was cut. It was cut at mm-hmm. dress rehearsal, so it's like for for this, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe like for whatever reason, the audience this time did not react to to Kevin Roberts, which is too bad. Hopefully, that becomes a online exclusive this week. Yeah, let's hope. But we can move on because I want to talk about the next sketch. This is the this is the next sketch that actually really made me laugh hard last night, which might make me a bad person. But it's career retrospective. This is where Larry David is playing an ad man who's being recognized by the ad council. They say that he wrote like McDonald's. I'm loving it. And, you know, they're going to like they're going to look back on some of his old work before they give him the awards. And it's these bad 80s PSAs where all the taglines are inappropriate, you know. Uh, if someone asks you to smoke, just say, no way, that's gay. <laughs> and then the, the other one was, uh, making fun of people in wheelchairs is retarded. <laughs> and I just, I love the way that they, because it, like, it was funny the first time when Mikey Day was just like smoking, like, that's gay. But then when, when the announcer said it in that exact way of like, just say, no way, that's gay. <laughs> <laughs> they found like the perfect, I don't even know who's, that might have been Heidi Gardner's voice. Wow. But it was so perfect. Well, it sounded, um, 
it sounded like a lot like those ads at the time. Like yes. the Nancy Reagan. And, it, you know, good good night on SNL for, like, 80s, 90s production values. Um, but this is what I was saying earlier where, like, I think part of what makes this so funny is that it's Larry David. Yes. It's like there's nothing even really necessarily funny about what Larry David is doing. But if it was played by anybody else, I don't think it's as funny. But, like, cutting back to Larry David and the reactions on his face and, like, thinking of Larry David making these ads... Yeah. Even like if you think of it like Larry David the Curb character making these ads, it all kind of comes back to that comic persona he has. He, uh, like th- that's doing half the work. He's kind of always like, <laughs> now, now wait a minute, wait a minute. I know what you're thinking, uh, like every single time, but like yeah. just, just like com- like full defensiveness and like reassurance, like <laughs> like it, they're pretty extreme. Like, well, these are obviously not good. F- for now, but you can imagine how ads like this would be played in that era. Um, so, oh yeah, I did think this would probably qualify as a sketch of the night. I I, I laughed hard at this one. For sure, yeah, and it, like a really good example where this could so easily have been like, oh okay, now we see the joke coming, and yet every single time, well, all three times they did it, it managed to hit. Yeah, no, it was it was great. I thought. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna say, or I'm gonna read something because I think that this has been put very well in the Vulture recap that I'm following along with for the sketch order. <laughs> but they wrote, uh, uh, "Watching Larry David squirm is a national pastime that rivals baseball." Uh-huh. Can't put it any better than that, really. Perfect. Who else is yes. in that sketch? Was Chris uh, Red in there? Um, Chris Red was there as playing uh, uh, just man who is offended by all of this. Yep. Um, Very short roles. And Cecily Strong, yes, he's getting getting screen time. He was getting solid featured player screen time last night, Uh, which, uh, yeah, and like in the kind of small roles that they get. Cecily Strong was the sort of MC of the night. Um, I don't know if there were any. And then like Mikey Day and and Alex Moffat and Kyle Mooney and people were were the kids like in the the old 80s commercials yeah um so we'll move on to the baby step which is another filmed bit so, uh, so soon after which isn't like like two music videos yeah um yeah this this was a very it felt like a very like front-loaded show like there was more like sketches and content in the front of the show um the joke here is basically just you have like Chris Red, Pete Davidson, um, Miley Cyrus, and Keenan Thompson playing just their kind of like a rap group. They all have like baby names and everything, and they're making like baby jokes. And Larry David is supposed to be like the fifth one, but they just kind of keep they just keep cutting to him. He's like reading the paper in his dressing room and just saying like, no, 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 I don't want to be involved Mine. in this. So like here's an example of a sketch where they kept cutting like doing the same joke over and over and it was like I didn't even think it was that funny the first time and they never they never stepped it up and evolved it well I guess they kind of because then they it started moving into like they're trying to bring like costumes and props into him and he's just like what what do you what do you like I I keep saying I'm not gonna be involved in this yeah I think it was pretty funny um I think if I went, I, I would have to go back and like really listen to the song. And if I was in that mindset of like, I'm going to ignore the Larry David stuff and I'm just going to really pay attention to the like clever wordplay of the song, I think I would appreciate um, it more. I don't think it was that clever wordplay. I think it was probably a, a song that was written very quickly based on the concept of like taking baby steps in a relationship. 
and it was like i think the comedy was just how much they were into it and like how involved the costumes were and um and it was kind of like also i did kind of miley being the old miley because she kind of uh picked up her country image again so seeing her in this was like wait like why is she doing this yeah this this was her it feels very like this was her like we can't stop days yeah exactly but um mildly amusing i guess but also the other thing to think about one of the things i i think i'm just gonna say this quick um yeah yeah so so there's like a quick little reminder i mean as, as a quick little reminder uh Pete Davidson is dating Larry's daughter, Kazi, uh, who was there all week. That's right. So it, anything that's like Pete and Larry has this like undertone of like, oh, like they know each other very well now. Like I'm sure he's taken him to dinner and like he's very supportive of him and like, you know, like so it's it is very sweet to see them in like sketches together and like and this one particularly feels like Pete's um, like, kind of egging his girlfriend's dad on, which I'm sure he finds like really fun, and and also uh, Beth mentioned that on the get update he asked if he could rap more, and here it is. Yeah, um, I do think that like one of the well, I did, did kind of laugh at the end of the sketch where like Larry David kind of like berated them all, yeah, and then suddenly they were like not as into it. Like they had to finish the song, but they had to do it like sheepishly. Pete was the I only one he didn't talk to. Pete was the only one he didn't uh, yell at. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, weekend update. Okay. Uh, should we go right to Angie or sorry Angel, every boxer's girlfriend from every movie about boxing ever? This is Heidi's. I've watched this yeah. like ten times already. I need to watch it again, but I fully understood what she was trying to do immediately. I yeah, I love this. She she looked like she came out. This immediately like looks like like a Maggie Gyllenhaal kind of character, and you know it's supposed to be uh, sort of like you know like an Amy Adams in the fighter kind of character. Um, Who was in? Um, just so uh, good. What was that one? Southpaw. Uh, Rachel McAdams. Sounds there's, right. There's yeah. Lots of other ones too. Like this is a this is a character character type that is in all boxing movies. Yes, and and I just like yeah, like I it's so it's so funny. Like and sisters. it's this is the kind of this is the kind of thing where like I wonder if we might look back on tonight and be like that was the thing like even years down the road and be like that was the first thing that really got her noticed uh, on the show and like because this was just the audience really liked this and what was and what was good is like the actually the audience found it funnier with each time that it was going on like by the time she gets to the end and she's like if you think I am going to be at that parade with my kids and not at my sister's and the audience just every new mention of that like erupts kind of a little bit louder uh was so good i also like i want to just like give credit for like weird little uh comedy writing ticks i still have my iphone 4 not funny i still have my iphone 5 not funny but my 4s any number s funny (laughs) you should really get a new phone i think uh colin says 
Yeah, she said, "What? Um, you know, I'm a fighter." Yeah. <laughs> so so good. I'm gonna watch this like ten more times tonight. I love it. But that was actually the second uh, commentary. The first one was uh, Don Jr. and Eric return oh, to Weekend yeah. Update. Um, had to watch this one twice because I wasn't paying enough attention to Alex Moffat's amazing Eric Trump impression. I I, I know I was I was trying to like I was trying to rem- remind myself like like okay like Mikey's talking but like look at yeah. Alex because that's where that's where a lot of the jokes are oh, coming yeah. from and. Yeah. Uh, He's. <laughs> have you ever heard of Fun Dips? I don't. I feel like this isn't a candy that we have here. Yeah, I think I've. We have. I think we have it somewhere. I mean, I got what it was, I've but I did. Dip. I was kind of um, just like, oh, I don't. Candy I don't stick. Think I, you have the, a, the sugar. Yes. He, <laughs> I, I I've never personally seen one, so but I just kind of feel like, oh, that's that's. He had an instant look of like amazement in his face once the sugar touches touches Doug. <laughs> yeah, but, but also when um when Mikey was talking. And he was like shaking his face. Yeah, like he and the way he was like bursting or like trying not to shout out these things he's not supposed to say, you know, like Dad yeah. did. It was good. Oh my god, that uh, you know, if they're not doing uh, Donald Trump right, I am very happy they're doing Eric and uh, Junior very well. Yeah, they're getting they're getting a lot of the cabinet around him pretty good still so that's good yeah um and then we wrap up weekend update with leslie jones uh coming on to talk about how she loves the houston astros now and some of the real houston astros show up and she picks up little jose altuve and uh puts him on her lap which uh that's just a funny visual that's just nice to see because leslie jones is like six three and uh and um jose altuve is like five foot six classic snl moment seeing the uh world series winners on yeah i remember they did that uh, do you remember last year they did that sketch where um they were they were kind of like um they were at like an old lady's birthday party i think kate mckinnon was playing the old lady and she died but then like the strippers still came in and did strip tease for her and and the cubs, cubs were playing the, the chicago cubs were playing the strippers yes so yeah it is true that like the world series like when champions do usually come on the show mm-hmm in a way that, like, not even necessarily, like, the Super Bowl champions always come on the show. Often when it's, um, like, an amazing victory and it's, like, maybe, like, a yes. different sort of team. Like, I think the fact that Houston... Like, I wasn't following the World Series yeah, Houston, that much, Houston, but I think it was pretty... Houston had never... Mm-hmm. Had Houston had never won the World Series before. That's pretty great. Like, I didn't hear that. So, yeah. And I think it was pretty cool that Houston did it, like, after, like, they had such a bad year. Yeah, the, the big hurricane in the summer. I'll be uh, mm-hmm. I'll be landing in the Houston airport. I'll spend an hour there in uh, in a month. Really? Stop over. Mm, okay, interesting. Gonna go. Oh, but Brendan, I'm gonna go to Six Flags the first time. Wow. Six Flags over Texas. I've I've never been to Six Flags. I've never been to any Six Flags. Yeah, me neither. Not even. Isn't Darien Lake like in Buffalo it's or in, uh, New Jersey? I that's... think. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. <laughs> anyway, uh, now we have Fresh Takes, which is the freshman high school uh, morning show. Quick, quickly, um, uh, showed up yes. to Justin Gardner, another seemingly active. Yes. Uh, seems to be on cloud nine from Heidi's big appearance last night. So, I mean. Yeah, he was tweeting a lot. Do you think we can get him? Which is. I think we can. 
I legitimately think we can. Like, which might be a little awkward to be talking about this because, like, he might listen to this. I don't know. Maybe but, we'll tweet us. Maybe, maybe he will. It's like a five-minute uh, set. Like, what? He- Justin Gardner, if you're listening, come on the show. I mean, we're not making fun of. Uh, I mean, I think we could agree that the only feature player we're gonna make fun of at this point is is Luke. We we are, especially because his one line of the show is in this sketch. Yeah. Okay. So what's the sketch? And by the way, I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna for for the second week in a row, Justin Gardner, listener of the week. <laughs> He's just going to be listener of the week every week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's the <clears throat> uh, Fresh takes. Um, so uh, Mikey Day is like the host of the show. By the way, immediately off the bat, like funny visual of this sketch. So many bangs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is a, it's such a true thing about, about uh, freshman year of high school. Um, and then uh, Alex Moffat is his co-host. Uh, there's also uh, Kate McKinnon as like another student. And then uh, Larry David is the history teacher with all the gossip. Yeah. Now this this immediately was funny because I am like this brought me right back to uh, Mr. Kraz from American Vandal. Yes, I said that too. And and thinking about how like oh you know this is teachers should not be commenting on students in this way, which catches up to Larry David by the end of the sketch. Yeah. <laughs> that dude roofies people. That was about a teacher. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the 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 big question of who beefed in first period gym, um, and and you know covering this the way they the, the like uh, CNN covers news, like you know they're waiting for the, the the nurses' press conference with the scoliosis test results, and just the, like cutting to the shot of the empty podium and being like, we'll bring you that as soon as it begins. Such a CNN thing. Mm-hmm. I think this is a thing that would um, be a recurring sketch. I think um, the, I could definitely. That's what I thought too. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good setup there. I think the whole thing was very American Vandal, uh, because uh, I mean, it's I like, do wonder if that was an you, yeah an influence. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like maybe this was what the influence was. Very possible. Yeah. I'd love to know that. Chris Red was in it. This is another one. Sorry. Um, Oh yes, that's yeah. Chris Red and Pete Davidson were the Magic Show, mm-hmm. or like were the Magic Club kids, which was a really good, um, stilted, awkward the way that uh, kids are. But I was going to say this is another one that Miley was in, right? I think so. Like Miley and and Luke Null were yeah. the two like drama club kids, and she keeps talking about how like oh this one kid was awful, and then he's like, and that's me, that's my name, and that, and then that was his only line of the night, and then they immediately cut away. Poor Luke Null. What has Luke Null done so far? Nothing of note. He's played, I think his biggest sketch to date was in the Gal Gadot show. He was the guy in the surveillance van. Like, he was just trying to be like, sorry guys, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to get the connection back. (laughs) Whereas, you know, like, last night Chris Red had a Lil Wayne impression. Not really timely at all, but, you know. It worked. And, uh... And somebody also somebody had pointed out online that uh, that Angel, the boxing movie wife, like almost certainly one of her audition characters, probably. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Um, yeah. So and uh, so like big big kind of standout moments, uh, more so for Gardner than for Red, but like Luke and all, like yeah, still remains the clear last place, which is too bad. But at the same time, it's like. 
this is this is how the show goes and you got to write stuff yourself and it's clearly like it worked last night for Heidi Gardner and hasn't been working for Luke Knoll. Yeah. I mean you always got to have one that that does not um is not picking up the slack or at least is not being noticed by the writers and you know it's 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 hard. It's and hard. I mean you have to like you have to go all the way back to Taron Killam, Jay Farrow, Vanessa Bayer, and Paul Britton to get to a year where every new cast member made it to the next year. Because yes. even Cecily in 80, Tim Robinson was demoted to just a writer after so, that one season. So every year they get rid of somebody. Pretty much. It's, it's, I'd say it's more, more so than not. Okay. So like not Bruce every Steven like was that guy, John Wernitsky was that guy. Um, I don't think they did last year. And even in that season, like it wasn't just Brooks Whelan because they cut um, John Milheiser and uh, Noel Wells as well. That's right. But uh, oh, that's right. I'm sorry. What am I saying? Last last year they kept yeah. all three last year. God, yeah. I'm stupid. Sorry about that, everybody. But overall, yes, that is a trend. I I, w- I honestly don't see the reason for keeping Luke Knoll when you have uh, Mikey and Alex. Um, they're gonna they're gonna be back next year. And Luke, oh, yeah. unless he debuts a new character, I don't see what he's bringing to the show. No, nothing so far. So, yeah, I think he doesn't have a lot of time left to... Because, like, even by Christmas, we knew we knew the writing was on the wall with Rodnitsky. And not even the dirty dancing thing saved him. Because that, that wasn't a... Th- <laughs> I, don't, I don't even remember anymore. Mark. Mark the Pirate. Oh, yeah. my God. John was on an episode of Red Oaks that I watched. Was he? Yeah. Final season. Red Oaks, another show that I didn't watch after season one. Yeah. Well, that I would have said that like three weeks ago, and then I binged season two a week before season three was streaming. Yeah. Um, so then this next sketch, Hulu's calling it New Wife. Uh, Larry David plays a guy who like is having his coworkers over for a party and his wife is Cecily Strawn who's this like gay icon and I don't even know man I feel like the less said about this the better this was just a miss all around for me mm-hmm. yeah I uh, it was weird uh, I think Larry David found it pretty amusing uh, he has that that was the one thing that made it not, I guess, like a total bust of a sketch. Was there did get to that point where Larry David just was kind of having the giggles at the end. Yeah, I mean, it was good that there was at least one sketch for that. I mean, he's a very giggly guy, as I've heard on the uh, yeah. enthusiasm stories. But um, uh, weird, just weird sketch. It, kind yeah, of. and I like. I guess I, I might have been a little more forgiving of it if it had been 12 to 1, or 10 to 1, rather. But, like, it, yeah, it just it kept it kept just being, like, dropping, um, like, gay buzzwords in. And I kept just kind of being, like, it's not, like, that's not anything. That's not a sketch. And this is a, also, I remember thinking, like, even bad sketches on SNL, like, the audience will, like, laugh along. And that's definitely an atmosphere where, like, just being around a lot of people who are excited to see the show makes you inclined to laugh at it more. And this was like a very quiet sketch. I thought. 
Until Larry started laughing. Yes, at that point it picked up, but until then I think that they were just as baffled as a lot of the home audience was as to be like, what is happening? This yeah. is this is too weird. Yeah, I mean, it's weird that so, so, they didn't have um, like Kevin Roberts or... Yeah, like they cut... Like Kevin Roberts had to have been so bad that they cut it for that. Did we I even mention that Bernie Sanders was in Family Feud? Oh God, no, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> what did you What did you think of the return of Bernie Sanders? Um, I remembered how much I don't miss it, and I don't really need any more of it in my life. Yeah, it di- it didn't bring anything new to the table, so. I guess it's kind of like a requirement that he would do it again, but... I mean, everybody was, you know, I I, I think that it's true that, like, you have to do it because you have to give something for, like, the Today Show to talk about on Monday. Like, that's exactly the kind of thing where, like, they're never going to be like, look at this funny thing from SNL, but they're going to be like, well, Larry David came back to SNL on the weekend, and wouldn't you know it, Bernie Sanders came back too. And, like, they just show another, like, a little clip, and the host will be like, ha, 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 like, Bernie Sanders. And then they move on. Like, nobody's really going to care. Yeah, (laughs) Megyn Kelly will talk about this on Megyn Kelly today when her cameramen aren't stepping in front of their shots. (laughs) Uh, last thing of the night is called Beers. This is a taped thing that they've done. I feel like they've... I, I've lost count as to both how many times they have done this and how many have actually gotten on the air. Because they did this kind of thing that was called Wing with Andrew Garfield from a few years ago. And that, I think, did not make the show. I think that was an online exclusive where it was basically the same kind of style of thing except they were friends and they were ordering wings and like somebody ate the last wing... But it was done exactly in this style where they were even making fun of the scene transitions where they were eventually just becoming like stock nature shots. Yeah, this is the kind of uh, Kyle and Beck sketch I'm here for. Um, just like, uh, uh, I think Beth said it was Family Ties. It was I was like... just about to say, did you ever watch Family Ties? Because this is, this is supposed to be yeah, the episode of Family Ties where Tom Hanks, before he was Tom Hanks... Uh, played their uncle and and uh, Michael J. Fox discovered like he comes down late at night and and finds that uh, um, their uncle is is like has a drinking problem. That's exactly what Beth said. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the funniest thing about this sketch was um, the Larry David's anger when he would throw a chair and it would just completely like collapse or a stool. And then Kyle, I mean, he would like, like when he, he was, broke the when he broke the bottle and like yeah. everything on the ta- on the counter like shattered. And it was funny to hear the audience like actually gasp at that. Yeah, but then Kyle would do his like extremely shocked expression. Yeah. Uh, and then all the all the uh, nature cut tos for establishing shots, like a plane. Yeah. Um, was there, Even like, just there were, over the. It was like giraffes, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely like animals. It was like like safari animals. Um, even over the like generic, just kind of like fluttery '90s, like Full House, you know, scene transition music was really good. Um, and then you know the big shocker when when Larry David just stabs Kyle Mooney at the end of the sketch. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very funny. Yeah, this is a, I like that. I like when these make it onto the show. I feel like there was another one they did with Chris Pratt. So. 
but Weird I can't immediately it. recall what that was. It is, and this is this is a much better use for uh, ten to one than that uh, yeah. than that Larry David's wife thing, which should yeah. have been cut altogether. Yeah, it felt like like maybe like RuPaul sort of inspired. But... Yeah, like and definitely, yeah, it had its. I don't know. It was it, like it settled for references. It settled for references to. Um, yeah, to that kind of culture that we know from RuPaul's Drag Race now, but in a way where it's like, okay, well, yeah, now we know that. Like, straight people know about um, gay culture despite not being gay. Like, it, it just didn't make any sense to me. It felt it felt like something that came out of the 90s or something. And even back in the 90s, it would have just been like, what? This is weird. It was just an awkward sketch. I don't think SNL should have done it. Uh, no, I, and yeah, it's just one of those things where I... I and something I don't think is talked about enough is like the host has influence over sketch selection. And this clearly amused and entertained Larry David. And I think that's why it made it. I'm sure there were lots of people in his ear being like, this did not play well with the, with the audience. Are you sure you want to do this for the live show? And he was probably like, yeah, I think this is funny. Yeah. Which, you know, what are you going to do? Well, I mean, that who are the happens. Head writers it's the now nature of Miss Kelly's gone. I don't even know. I'd have to look up their names. Because um, yes, Streeter, as we've talked, Streeter Seidel. I think he's one. Um, I think he's one of them. Uh, is it Rob Klein and? Um, let me see. Saturday Night Live sees head writer shuffle from October second. Uh oh, uh, Brian Tucker and Kent Sublet. Okay. Well, they've been long time writers they have been there for no I, I recognize the names but that's kind of about it alright but yeah the shows so far this season just lacking a little bit of what it had last year with Chris Kelly and Sarah Schneider and yeah. I'm hoping they're able to uh, to get that back we're very bogged down by um, the need for Alec Baldwin's Donald Trump constantly. Yeah. And even like they they kind of seem to be going like week on, week off with it. So I'm hoping we don't see him next week because we definitely need a palate cleanser, if not like a total reevaluation of that character, that impression. Yeah, he'll be on the Chance the Rapper episode, probably. Probably true, yes. So we have Tiffany Haydish hosting next week, which um she, like that's awesome, isn't it? Yeah, she. I mean, of, first of all, like, oh, go ahead. Well, she obviously she was from the Carmichael show, but she she kind of broke out with Girls Trip this year. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen that yet, but I've heard from everyone. I haven't I either. That it is very funny, uh, and she and, and she still showing it. Yeah, and what I think is, you know, I think on one hand we can look at like, you know, you can, we can think of Tiffany Haddish the like supporting character from the Carmichael show, and in some ways I could be tempted to view this as like almost like a pity hosting thing of like, oh, what a great thing of like nobody like is like nobody really knows who Tiffany Haddish is, but like it's great that she's getting this showcase where she can shine, almost kind of like Camille Nanjiani as somebody who like, well, you know, lots of people in the comedy world know him, but like this is a, like a cool opportunity that he's getting, but like. I like forget about all that. Like Tiffany Haddish, like you said, was the breakout star of the only comedy this year that did over a hundred million dollars domestically at the box office. Like Is that right? Tiffany Haddish has earned this, this spot. 
as the only comedy of 2017 to do more than 100 million at the box office domestically. Yeah. And it's R-rated, which those have been doing even worse. That's hard to do. You know, it's hard to make that house, much money when you're R-rated. The house was a big flop, so we watched the house the day it came out on uh oh, yeah. on VOD, which is a few weeks back. And uh even I, when I know you famously, said you were watching that, I'd forgotten what movie that was. Yes. Uh I know famously Chance the Rapper went on a tweet storm about um how Rotten Tomatoes is wrong and The House is a good movie. And <laughs> I'm here to announce uh, that The House is a pretty solid movie. Uh, it's, okay. it's short and it's it's has a laughs. It, there's a lot to it. I think critics are probably pretty unfair to it. And if you watch it at home for free, <laughs> maybe your expectations will be low. But yes. I don't know. I Everything think is always better. It's a funny movie there. Okay. Are you excited for the theat- Are you excited for the theatrical release of Daddy's Home Two, starring Mel Gibson, this Friday in theaters everywhere? Um, I didn't. I never did see Daddy's Home. Um, I, I was very turned off by the comedy of it. I don't. I don't. I did not think it looked funny. As was I. My my brother assures me that it's better than it looks. So, I don't that. yeah, I don't know, but I, I I don't think I can in good conscience see a movie with Mel Gibson in it anymore. Um, well, Bad Mobs Two came out this week, and it's pretty much the same movie. Was that funny? Like, is the first one of those funny? It's fine. Okay. I mean, I watched it on a plane. It. I couldn't remember if I heard Beth say that it was good or not. I don't know if she she's. It. I don't know if she's even seen it. Maybe she was talking about Girls Trip because I know you guys saw I've it. I've never like... been on a plane with her, so mm. I don't think she's seen it. Oh, okay. Um, I will be. Next month, though. Very soon. Uh, girls Trip. She did see it. She went um, She went alone. Okay. Had a blast. She loved it. I will be seeing it as soon as I'm able to. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's one I definitely want to watch, too. We're also big Chance the Rapper fans. We and are. the week after, and we went to Chance the Rapper in Toronto, and it got rained out, and we got soaked, but it was fun. Yeah, my boss had tickets to that, and I remember him even telling me, like, like it's for this certain day if it gets canceled because of the flooding. Like, he was kind of kind of be screwed with the timing. And then, like, the next yeah. day I read the thing that said it had been postponed. It was postponed to, like, later in the month. So pretty much immediately once Chance the Rapper uh, started singing, uh, he came out. <laughs> like, we were not covered. It was the started most raining. ample feeder. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. called the Budweiser stage. Mm-hmm. Um, have you been there? Uh, yeah, I've been there, yeah. Yeah. So it, there's a lot of space that's not covered. Yes. Um, most of it. Most and, of it's not. Yeah, most of it. Like the field. <laughs> but we were we were in the back of the seats, like in the very okay. back. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like pretty much the second he came out, it starts pouring. And we were just standing in the rain having to watch the show and everyone else was dry in front of us. But then once it like came down really hard and the thunder started, I guess he just like had to stop. Yeah. So at that point it becomes a safety concern. Yeah. It's kind of sad. It was really wet. It's too bad. I think, uh, I mentioned this on my Twitter, very cool and inspired choice to have chance the rapper hosting the show. Yeah, no, he's, I honestly think he's going to be great. He, he just shot a movie um, an A24 uh, film called okay. Slice. I believe uh, 
He's a pizza delivery man who has to like run away from werewolves, I believe. It's oh. um, I believe it's gonna open Sundance. Okay. But I think he has a, a bit of a an acting career. Uh, I think along. so too, and I think it's definitely apparent that he has a sense of humor. So yeah, I'm House. I'm definitely looking forward to the next two shows. Me too. <laughs> the house. The house. The house. Everybody. The house. Uh, it's cool that Will um, Forte (laughs) it's cool that we have Black Coast for the next two yeah I wonder like just going historically uh, you know like two out of three hosts of color in one kind of uh, bank of shows probably doesn't happen too often so that's very cool no so do you think um, do you think Seth Meyers is going to be asked to host I've always wondered that, and part of me thinks that, like, they would have already, probably. Because the thing about Seth Meyers is Seth Meyers is not fondly remembered for his sketch work on SNL, really. But I think once he comes back, he's going to bring all, like, he's going to bring so many people with him. I guess. That always happens. Like who? Like Sudeikis? Like... Sure, like Sudeikis, like Fred, like Maya, like Amy, Tina. Because at, at like, that point, like, like, it's this awkward thing of when they have former cast members on the show who did Weekend Update, like, do you just let him do Weekend Update in place of, even though he does Weekend no. Update four nights a week? Yeah, they wouldn't do that. And I think... Um, so, like, that at that Seth, point, then it's like, if you're taking away his, like, most important bit is like the critical skill that people remember him from the show for like why are you bothering he would appear on it but i don't think he needs to be on like an update i honestly think that seth's late night show and i don't miss any episode at this point um no nope, neither do i it's better than than we can update and i i think he's just absolutely he he's really found his footing as a late night host and he and he has so much fun. His writers are so weird, and they and they just do so much weird things. And they generally hit way harder than an SNL sketch, uh, an SNL show, like those like um, like after the first guest, those like weird bits. Yeah, things like jokes uh, Seth can't tell, even when they just they let you know Amber or Jenny separately do a bit, like Jenny Hagel did a bit this week, which was really good about uh, Kevin Spacey coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, public yes, service announcement. Great. Sorry. Public service announcement regarding late night with Seth Meyers, and I am just okay. going to earnestly remind everybody: Thursday night football returns to NBC this week. It is taking our beloved Good Place and our slightly less beloved Great News and Superstore off the air until the new year. But I am bringing this up because Thursday night football on NBC will run long. Pad your DVR recordings for Late Night with Seth Meyers on Thursday nights from now until like Christmas. I'll do that. I just think this is a good reminder for us all. Otherwise, we are going to. Uh, well, I mean, I even if you didn't, you would probably still get like the beginning of the show that you care about. But if you like, if you like the end of the show, where sometimes instead of a musical guest, he brings on like an author or something, you're gonna want to pad the show. I like. That. I I always watch those. And this has been um, the more you know. I like your- uh, I'm watching all of them right now, like Samantha B, uh, John Oliver, of course. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll have to delay with that one because we don't actually have HBO here. 
Right. Um, uh, President Show, I think, is just great. Um, you know, Jim Jeffries, I have gotten back into watching every week. I have I watched a couple of Jim Jeffries. I like Jim Jeffries. It's good. He's he he's kind of forced into making a political show, but he's he really does have good segments. Any any. Um, yeah, I don't think that's necessarily kind of to his detriment. Say. We're talking over each other. Go ahead, Sorry. Chris. All he, I was going to say he, is, go ahead. He pushes buttons, that's all. Yeah. Yeah, no, all I was going to say is, like, I think he has been kind of forced to make it a political show, but, like, I don't think that's necessarily to his detriment. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it works for him. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some great segments. Yes. Um, I also think the opposition of Jordan Klepper uh, doesn't do that great in the ratings, but I think Comedy I haven't Central been following really the ratings. Has it not been great? Um. Well, I'd say that, okay, so Trevor Noah usually does like a point. Um, he has a what, like point point five? Is that like a point three now? Yeah, and, probably. And Jordan does like a point one. So, really? I mean, maybe that's normal. I think he's doing better than Nightly Joe. <laughs> I think he needs to get the time to grow. I think um, if there's a White House Correspondents' Dinner, that's something that he should definitely do. Oh, yeah. Um, but, I mean... Oh, here we go. I'm going... I just think it's such a solid show, and it's just a breath of fresh air. And I think it's going to really... The audience is going to build. And I think it is definitely the best... Um, the best of those in character shows that are on right now but it's it's solid yeah um i was just while you were doing i was i was um just sort of scrolling through tv by the numbers trying to find their last late night ratings post uh in cable comedy central's the daily show trevor noah ticked up from a 0.22 to a 0.25 the opposition okay. rounded out comedy central's late night ratings with a 0.12 so about half i don't think that's that bad it's no, I guess not really. I I thought I remembered Trevor Noah being higher, but maybe he was at one point. I mean, John Stewart obviously was higher. Yeah, basically, yeah. 830,000 viewers for Trevor Noah. The opposition, point one two and three hundred and forty thousand viewers. This was for the week of Jimmy the twenty third to the twenty seventh. Jimmy Kimmel. You're saying Jimmy Kimmel like beats Fallon like a lot now. Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel was only four one hundredths of a rating point behind Colbert in the eighteen to forty nine demo. Hmm. I mean, yeah, his mom just died yesterday, so he might be off. I just read that his shows this week have been canceled. Yeah, that's very sad. And on that bummer of a note, Bram, where can people find the featured players on social media? Um, please uh, follow us on Twitter uh, at Featured SNL. Um, also the Facebook. You can find some links there. The Featured Players. Uh, also, my Twitter is at RealBrams. R-E-L-B-R-A-M-Z. Correct. Or Zed. Or Zed. <laughs> I know that uh, Zed in particular... Um, offended Beth this week in the Amazon commercial. He does that. From A to Z. The most Canadian. <laughs> um, I'm on Twitter at Brendan D. Noel. Uh, follow us. Uh, follow the main show. 
we try to do some live tweeting when I don't have to work until midnight on, on a Saturday night. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. We'll be talking some Tiffany Haddish. We'll, uh, we'll work on getting a guest lined up for next week. I think people are sick of hearing yes. just us talk. We will do that. As are we. I'm sick of hearing our own voices. <laughs> I was going to say, um, someone who does follow our Twitter, apparently, a Twitter user named Tom Jones. Yes, he reviews... frequently fre- frequently tweets to us with his analysis. With his analysis of, of the SNL episode at Featured SNL. Yes. Do you think he's a listener? I would think so. Like, he definitely seems to be our most uh, loyal Twitter follower anyway. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, all right, well... Do you think it's that's Sir that's Tom Jones? Sorry? Do you think it's Sir Tom Jones? Like, it's not unusual to be loved by you, Tom Jones? I think we could keep that mystery alive, and I don't—I don't even have to check. Let's just say it's Tom Jones. Will we have British singing royalty Tom Jones on the podcast in a future episode? There's only one way to find out, guys. You got to keep listening. <laughs> Cliffhanger. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but until until next week, uh, this has been the Future Players, and thank you so much for watching. And if you need me, I'll be at my sister's with my kids. <laughs> okay so adios adios amigos i'm 25 <laughs> i'm 25 and i can kick stretch and kick <laughs> <laughs> um i have to say now that i'm maybe going to a a screening of superstar on tuesday <laughs> really yeah it's playing that? somewhere I don't know. My friend sent me a link for it. Wow. I've never so I've never seen the Superstar movie. Me neither. Okay, but that's cool. It's worth seeing in the theaters, I think. Oh yeah, you'll have to tell me. I'm well because I feel like it's part of that collection of all SNL films that are terrible. So Yes, but maybe it's not terrible. Maybe it's like the house. Maybe it's not, you'll have to tell me. <laughs> anyway, I'm stopping.